So on this episode of Trade Secrets, we're going to talk about the Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite. Uh, it's got spoilers. Like, for instance, the last line is, he decided to start by making a sandwich. Enjoy. Well spunked. Have you not been hearing me? Oh, man, the goon. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Sorry the neurons aren't firing today. Yes, it is. Exactly. Cleanses the palate with zombies. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Did I just have a stroke? That's a valuable misprint, sir. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. I got a bandsaw in my garage. I can just take care of this. And B. Also, I think that absorbing a staff into your body, especially as a teenage girl, creepy and phallic. Joel Simon. Now that makes a lot more sense. I don't. He was talking about her box and not her box. And Andy Padel. I put pouches on people's ankles <laughs> yeah. on the inside of their calves, <laughs> and I can't draw feet. So I heard that Deadpool Max is ending. Thank God. With issue twelve, it, I think it's funny how they uh, wasn't it was it was supposed to be an ongoing, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? Yeah. Because in it's all the in all the yeah, it's really bad. In all of the diamond up for the last several months, it has said Deadpool Max issue nine, Deadpool back Deadpool Max issue eight, and and just this last issue, which I think is eleven, they're like Deadpool Max issue eleven. Of twelve in parentheses. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank God. Was it really? It it's, wasn't that. It's terrible. It's awful. I I got through the first. I borrowed the first five issues to try and read them, and got through the first one, and just had. I was hit with such just this wave of ennui when I was like, mm. I have to read the next. Three it no. bonus points for use of ennui. <laughs> I've used that term like, jokingly so many times, <laughs> so many times. It's a great. It's also a great Scrabble word. Yeah, although it's very low points. E N U I. Yeah, E N N U I. E N N U I. Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things. Ennui. Ennui. Yeah. Fox pass. I was hit with that. Was like you just stared at me like I was like on crack. Never once heard that joke made. Very <laughs> Macabre. It's a uh, macabre. Oh right. Well, I'll just go drown my sorrows and eat some horse tubers. <laughs> it's all right. I was looking at my tree bucket. <laughs> Fire the tree buckets. <laughs> the greatest medieval siege weapon ever devised. I assume you've seen. Aside you, from the plague, Plato's Plato's fire, <laughs> plague, plague blankets. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke, and I am joined by the Trade Secrets crew, Ann Bean. Hello. Joel Superflies, Simon. Sup. And Andy Padel. Fuck Portland. What's wrong with Portland? Hipsters. But Marvel Architects. Dark Horse Comics. We can we can pull them all out and then burn the rest. I don't mind the hipsters because they're all um, they're all so passive that they're I can adorable. just kind of bowl over them with my personality. <laughs> Luke Smash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 dude. Jesus. Direct aggression. What? Oh. 
And I love that direct aggression. Right? That's one thing that we're known for, for the Pacific Northwest, is passive aggressive. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not passive aggressive, I'm aggressive aggressive. Yeah, that's not. pretty much me. The, 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 so the many lo- connotations. The loogie knot. Right? It brings <laughs> up just words, and they are all phlegm. Yeah, well, that's that comes from a childhood of being called leukoplakia. Or leukemia. Leukemia was another one. Leukoplakia was the more inventive of the two, though. That is more inventive. Yeah. I just yeah. got fart jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got that. So, this week slow. on Trade Secrets, we will be talking about the first trade of Umbrella Academy. The first six issues, it's called Apocalypse Suite. And we will start the show like we always do by talking about what people are reading right now. Eeny, meeny, miny, Joel. <laughs> I am reading Schism and then also uh, Supreme Power. Because I really like, uh, and I know it's old school, but it's Straczynski's take on whether what would happen if Superman was in the real world. So it's got Carter and Reagan and Clinton in it. Is this the one where Superman's spaceship like has like spreads a virus that gives people superpowers? Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it's it's kind of like his take on on Superman, which it's kind of cool because as soon as as soon as the you know he lands, except on, he actually flies. He does. Yeah. Well, I guess Superman didn't fly, did he? He kind of leaped tall buildings. <laughs> but um, in a single bound. As soon as soon as they, um, it's it's great because I just finally got the first issue. It's a, it's a bitch to find this stuff. And when I didn't Straczynski write Grounded? Am I? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I was. That's the reference I was making. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't completely okay. off base. And, no, yeah, it's just Joel not getting my joke. No, I did. <laughs> and that's true. I haven't read Grounded too, but he, you know, he really gets into. It. The, the the really nitty gritty details of of this kind of stuff and so the froofy when they, hipster bullshit yeah. Reaganomics in a world with Superman <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and it's funny because they they find they find this um, you know the spaceship that he lands in and the people that find him are supposed to be his parents like in Superman but no the black ops come and and take him away because why wouldn't NORAD see this thing fall to earth? <laughs> but um, they put him into a CIA program, and the first thing they do is they kind of set him up a fake family, and they decide to give him a puppy, and the puppy barks at him and freaks out this little baby, and he vaporizes the, you know, the puppy mm-hmm. right off the bat, you know, which is something you really couldn't see in, in Superman, but it's a, it's a different take on it. It reminds I, me, I like that. It, it reminds me of, uh, I just started reading Planetary, the issue of... Clark, you're drunk again! No, I'm not! <laughs> <laughs> but, you blew up the dog. Again! The, uh, Fuck this job, I quit. The little brief moment Post. in uh, in planetary with there was an issue where they were dealing with like different versions of of the three main dc heroes so it was like green lantern superman and wonder woman and like there was somebody that had the three artifacts that made them who they were and then they showed like what happened to each of them as they came to earth and it was basically like each one of them landed on Earth in some way, and the the U.S. government fucking eradicated them the moment they touched down. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like like this the Superman asteroid hits the ground, and the dude just walks up and fucking vaporizes the baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what they should. How far into that have you read now? 
Because I don't want to spoil anything. Halfway for you. through the first two trades. Oh, he hasn't read Planetary. No, he hasn't. I've got. It's, I'm through the first two trades, dude. That's why the hardcover just the, first the fourth trades. hardcover just came in the mail. So fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm halfway through. I'm. My wife is actually ahead of me in it because she. I handed her the first trade, and then she just went and read like everything we had, which was the first three of four trades. So in this one, of course, you have Hyperion, who's supposed to be Superman, and then they have this guy Nighthawk, who's the millionaire, but his parents. He's, he's black. He's not white like Bruce Wayne. And his parents were killed by racist hicks as opposed to some three street thugs. So he's got a real big, real big fucking chip on his shoulder. And the, the Wonder Woman character is kind of like this ancient um, sorceress that absorbs people's souls. Like you, know, you so do? She, yeah. Dude. Yeah. All right, so other than Supreme Power, you're oh, also... Uh, yeah, so Supreme Power and then Schism, which is uh, uh, Wolverine and Cyclops. Wolverine kills Cyclops. Please, God, kill Cyclops. Oh, yes, please. No, not really. It's they, They're doing a break of the X-Men. So. It happened in Age of Apocalypse. Which no, is I want it to happen in the normal universe because Cyclops is one of the most annoying fucking characters he in really the universe. Is. Yeah, I could see that. Pretty but he's, he's got the mantle of power. It's... You know, he he's not a boy. He's got the mantle anymore. of douchebag. He, he, can't, he can't really be... And when's the last time you read an X-Men comic? Very long ago. It was like Ultimate X-Men. Mm-hmm. He was a huge douchebag in he Ultimate was a, X-Men. He was a huge yeah. douchebag. Yeah, I could see that. But it, it schism is they have this ideological break. And so now if you understand like the Marvel Universe, mutants are gone now. There's only like a 200. 219. Two, okay, 219. Thank Two, you. 218. My, my personal mintad over here. Anyways, um, so... So Cyclops has a he has he has the round the wagons mentality that you know everybody's against us and Wolverine's like hey these kids these mutant kids need to be kids still and he's like no we're at war and so oh, that's Wolverine kind of has I know he's, it's touchy feely Wolverine which is kind of strange thank you but it's a yeah but it's Jason what you know was actually I never fault? really count on that yeah yeah. This shit's gone down. Um, Jason Aaron is the writer, and it's it's fucking yes! fabulous. Yeah, and I was telling Andy Jesus, this that dude. I I really wasn't a Jason Aaron jock writer. I mean, Scalped was really good, and some of its and like Punisher Max was also pretty good. But he's he he's one of those guys that really puts out some really stellar stuff. And Schism is really good too. I refuse. Get out of here. Talk to the mic. That was not really a tangent for the mic, <laughs> but he's going to be writing The Incredible Hulk, if yeah. I remember correctly. Really? I'm I, actually a good writer on Hulk. Good. I want to read Schism, but $5 for the first issue was yeah. and the such a... Wow. $5 an issue for normal-sized comic books. Marvel can eat a whole big bag of dicks. I think I think maybe it's like 5, 10 pages more yeah, than it's a like normal a, it's comic. Yeah, it's a 40-some page. Yeah. So, but yeah, or I still five hey, bucks. I grew up in the age where comics were twenty five cents. So yeah. this three dollars a comic is. Like I mean, you're a little older than me, but I I still six. agree that like I I when I started buying comics, they were seventy five cents an issue. Yeah. So okay, so four bucks for twenty pages, or five bucks. I don't agree with the four bucks for twenty two pages either. Like, I'm I'm reluctant to pay three. And I pay for because I have no other choice. But and the other thing, the the one thing. So I'm I'm a little bit of a different kind of collector in so much as I will buy single issues of something until it gets collected, and then I'll 
turn around and sell the single issues in order to pay for the trade. And I'll even sell them for cover, for fuck's sake. I don't really give a rat's ass about collector value because when I have five issues of a $4 comic, that's my 20 bucks that I need to buy my trade. So I just sell it for cover, I buy the trade and or the hardcover, and I call it a day. It's a good tactic, um, actually. But I just... Uh, the the fact that comics have gotten to four dollars a pop is a little bit on the absurd side to me. But I'm also old fashioned. Back in my day, I paid seventy five cents for a comic, and hey. I could still buy a can of soda for a quarter. Comic books were two bits in my day. What are you talking Back about? Back in the '80s, when all the writing was shit and everything was written <laughs> by Mark or Rob Liefeld. Oh God. I, I remember buying the entire run of Transformers for 75 cents an issue. Um, I'm used to web comics. They're free. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's the 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 flip side of it. Now with the release of 52, the digital comics are going to be the same price as the issue, which is also bullshit. What? 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 Digital comic? What? That's too expensive for a digital comic. Oh, I, I know. So let me get this straight. Totally You're taking out the printing costs. You're taking the distribution, the costs. distribution costs, and you're charging me the same amount of money. Oh, here's an idea. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 all digital distribution is the same way, and it pisses me off. Like the, you know, we talked about this last time mm. about how they released a Dance with Dragons for fifteen dollars as a digital book, as Bullshit. a fucking ebook. Bullshit. It's a text file. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, and hundred k if that. You've got no printing costs. You've got no distribution costs. Your your overhead is. Server. About maybe a penny a copy, and I it just now the, the I do same have thing to say. like like the same thing with PlayStation Network when they release retail games on PSN and they're mm. still sixty fucking dollars for a digital download. Eat a dick. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that it costs money to print and create and distribute this shit, and I know that all of those costs go away when you do it digitally. So fuck off. Now, now a, I do have to say point. with like Apple, they do take seventy five percent. For, for putting stuff, distributing on iPad. So they do take a large cut of the money that you're making for themselves, but that's just... They don't take 75%. Back in I, my I, day, you know what I'm going to tell them? Fuck I, off! It depends, it depends on the size of your app and what it what it's for. Yeah. But the general, the normal distribution agreement for, for iPhone or iOS apps is a 70-30 split, 30 to Apple, 70 to the creator. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. that's actually standard across the board for everything. That's standard for Kindle Kindle books. That's standard for um, PlayStation Network and XBLA games. Um, so okay. it's, it's I always digital heard it distribution. It was flipped. I always heard it was flipped. So, so you know what? Fuck these. With, 70 with is Kindle, really steep. I mean. Yeah. With Kindle books... If it's priced under two ninety nine, it flips. It's thirty five percent to the creator and sixty five percent to Amazon. Mm. Um, and it's also that it also flips if they're. And the reason that I know this is because I'm actually looking into digital distribution for the novel that I'm in the middle of. Well, in the early stages of writing, espresso book machine, uh, blood blood. Yes, is. Um, if you if you if you if the content that you're placing on the Kindle is more than seventy five percent public domain material, so if you're like reprinting old shit right. or if you're taking public domain material and putting it into a novel or putting it into a book, um, then they take then they flip the thing and they give you thirty five percent. They take sixty five. That makes sense though because um, it's not really your content. I- exactly, um, but it's. 
on average, you can expect a 70-30 split, 70 to the creator for most digital content. Okay. So. Okay. So, yeah, DC can eat a dick. I, I agree with you now, because I thought that's... Oh, it, that's bag where, of dicks. Uh-huh. Well, the yeah. thing that hefty with some hot sauce on. What's it. funny about the, the thing about DC slash Marvel and their digital distribution networks, though, is that they are not they are not collecting content from creators and putting it on their network. They are taking their own content that is already produced internally. Mm-hmm. So they've got artists and writers who are paid a wage to create what they're creating handing it over to DC who owns the content and yeah. then they're putting it up. So there is no worry of a, of a 70-30 or, or a split because it's DC getting it's DC paying a wage getting the content and then distributing it however the fuck they're distributing it. And they have so, those in those soft copies anyway because they have to send them to the printer. Exactly. That, that they they send them to anyways. the printer that that's that's the thing that bothers me about digital comics specifically is that PDF files of these comics exist already because yeah. they have to send, they send them out as review copies they send them to printers as PDFs yeah. and these PDFs are so easy to convert and and store for digital digital use that they're taking something that they've already got before any physical creation occurs before any physical like uh, overhead is factored in they're just throwing it up onto a service like either their own or Comixology or whatever you want to call it. Now, I'm sure Comixology takes a cut, clearly, if they distribute, but their cut's not going to be like, it's not going to be significant enough to warrant a two ninety nine cost for a digital comic. Yeah. And admittedly, DC only, they're only full price for the first month. And then once it's past the first month, they drop it to a buck ninety nine. But even a buck ninety nine to me is, if they if they price digital comics at ninety nine cents, I would go out and spend five hundred dollars on a fucking iPad just to buy comics because I would pay a buck a copy for but digital. Do you know comics. what you would do at that point? You would put your local retailer out of business. No, I totally. And understand. that would be sad because then you wouldn't have the comics community that comes with local retailers, yes. etc. I agree. And Wait. the problem that I have with the, the it's it's a catch twenty two right because digital media is awesome and I like the concept of it for certain things I actually don't like digital media for comics because they haven't got a reader that makes colors. it worthwhile yeah, right and the colors like I don't like so there's there's I don't know if were we talk I don't know if we were talking about this on the show or not I remember having a conversation about this with someone where we we were talking about digital comics and and email. It was an email conversation. You're right. E-readers, like e-paper, color e-paper, it does not have the ability to reproduce the colors that you would want for comics at this point in, in their de- development. And I, my point is that if they ever develop comic uh, e-paper that's vibrantly colored and can re- reproduce it well, and they can make an e-reader that is the standard size of a comic page, that might be the thing that, that tips the scales in my favor. Okay. Like. No, iPad, this is a totally separate conversation, but there's a huge difference between reading something on a, ref- on a refreshing LCD screen and reading something on e-paper. It's, that's why I like my Kindle so much, and I would love a Kindle over a, like a Nook color because a Nook color is just an LCD screen, and it actually hurts my eyes. It gives me a headache after time. Wait, now, is that's Nook fair. the, uh, the Barnes & Noble, Noble one? one? Mm-hmm. Which is the one for... Um, Orders. Which is uh, no I longer. Uh, I don't remember what it's relevant. called. Uh, it's Cobol or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so anyway, the, the the point being that somebody else brought up the point. Well, what what happens when you have a, a two plate two page splash? And I was like, 
wow, that's a really fucking good point. Like, yeah, don't get the splash. You don't get that's a splash page, and and that's like there are there are restrictions to comics, things that make comics what they are that would require significant technology to make an e-reader worthwhile in in to make to reproduce comics in a way that would make them you know able to replace the physical medium coming from a web comics perspective i think there's very different things that can happen in a in a paper comic versus in a web comic sure. like you can make some stylistic choices that are like this particular strip i'm going to have twice the length of the other you know it's right. usually four panels this time it's eight for strategic purposes um that comes easy with the web versus like you can't get a two panel spread with the web not well anyway versus you know like in a in a comic book it's really effective yeah. because you have a standardized page size that you mm-hmm. have to work with that you can you know fuck with that strategically to and you can break things. you you can break up your um you can break up your story now now i I, I'm not necessarily the type of person that really likes a ton of ads in my comic books, but you can actually you can actually put you can base story beats around ad placement. Yeah, I, right. Maybe where I think you you've you talked have about a, that before. Yeah, where you have it, where you have a thing where like you have a story beat that you want to wait for a page, so you put an ad in the way. Gunshot. You know? Who got shot? Next page. Hostess fruit pies. <laughs> exactly. Right. God damn it. I, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just like the. The device that I would want to reproduce a comic book experience in a digital format um, is prohibitively expensive to create and would be something that's just not interesting to me at this stage. It's prohibitively expensive. It's it's overly large. And I would rather that's just what have she a... That's said. Wah, wah. I would rather just have my comics in my... In, you know... What? But, yeah. I would too. No, no, honestly, no. And and it's the same difference between like single issues and trade paperbacks because the single issues have the ads in them that do break up those story beats where trade paperbacks don't. I think we discussed this with powers Uh specifically, um, which I just actually finished reading the second trade of powers with, um, which I don't know if I put it. I don't know, but and and it's one of those. You know, there it's it's always a different experience depending on what you're picking up and reading. But but digital comics, I I don't know. I just I honestly don't think if you put if you made them 99 cents a pop or even like in my opinion if you made like DC comics are 2.99 normally if you make them a buck 99 digital I don't think that's going to have a significant impact on the traditional comic industry 3.99 Not for DC drawing the line at 2.99 sir every title follows that their core you does Vertigo doesn't. Vertigo, well, no, I'm just saying, like, there are, there are the books that are, like, drawing the line at 2.99, and then there are the books that, you know, don't have that on it. Spe- no, I'm specifically talking about DCU. DCU core universe books are all 2.99. Are they? Yeah. Mm. At least my experience mm. with them, they are. I and I think, think that's, their, that's their big push. That's why they, you know, they throw things in Vertigo when they make those 3.99. But um, that's because they have James Jean covers and they're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it's it's that whole thing. I mean, it, it pretty much goes back to to like CDs versus tapes, where tapes were less ex- or tapes are less expensive than CDs, and CDs were more expensive. But CDs were easier to press than tapes, uh-huh. and they were more expensive. So it's, it's like there was a higher profit margin now, and. You see what it did to the music industry. Well, the thing the thing about <laughs> comics and the thing about all digital media, in my opinion, is that I don't think what I don't think most uh, companies understand is that you can you you don't have to create an artificial balance by making them the same price. Mm. 
you can make there is there is a sweet spot for digital content where it is cheaper people yeah there's a sweet pot sweet spot for digital content where it is cheaper than the physical content but it is not so cheap that it's drawing people away from the physical content it's cheap enough that the people who already have the devices that are going to buy the stuff on those devices are going to do it but it's not going to make me go out and buy an ipad to download comics or it's not going to make me you know forego a disc-based game to buy a digital version it's it's like i think the vast majority of the market who buys electronic who who consumes electronic content understands that like video game players understand the concept of production costs for video games and why they should be cheaper on digital um comic book readers especially who like the comic the vast majority of the comic book community is fanboy like super nerds who are the kind of people who understand production costs and, yeah. and the the minutia of it yeah and these are the people who you can you can make them 199 and the people who have the iPads and the the you know galaxy tabs are going to go buy shit on comicsology and they're fine and the pe- and it's not going to deter anybody who buys physical media from going and buying their physical yeah, comic yeah. books. So. You know what? You know what? Who decided to do it was the marketing department of DC. They decided. You know, we really don't want to make a decision, so let's just have them the same price. Hey, exactly. J- my job. It's done. because the Fuck fucking the companies that have been around forever don't fucking understand, no. and they they refuse to put any thought into it. Yeah. You know. Anyway, I'm, I'm, now now I'm getting up on a fucking gr- ranty soapbox instead of just like discussing the issue. Hey, ranty mix soapbox, whose turn is it next? Um, it you you read schism, so it's whoever the fuck wants to go next. So how about you, Anne? I am completely boring. All I've been doing is reading series that we've already read, but catching up on them. I read Six Gun Two. I read Lock and Key Three. I read Runaways Three. Okay, and so then I, I read lots of books for grad school. See, and I haven't read any of those. How is, how is you haven't read the second run? Dude, read no, Lock and I, Key. If there's the first one of those that you have to go I, get is Lock and Key. Dude, God read damn the it. second run of Sixth Gun. Holy oh, crap. That's what the are second you doing? one that you have to get. Why are you not getting Sixth Gun on weeklies? Because they, monthlies. They, they monthlies. Didn't have, they didn't have Wolverine in it. So. I, no, I, no, I wanted to. This is made of fake marble, and I'm going to throw it at your head. You will bring me. I, I, you know, there's one of these things where I know eventually Andy will get around to giving it to me, so I'm just reading other things that nobody else could read. But Look at, look at just, how you've trained him, you son You have. And how many books of mine do you have right now? Um, less than I used to. <laughs> See? I yeah. think only two, and one of them's not a comic book. See, mm. and that's but, how it uh, starts. It he was like 12. No, three. I have two of your comics. I have Demo, which I, uh, is on the shelf still, and I have Black Sad, and then I have... That's oh, Black, Black Sad, Sad is, is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. It I is. have your scalped. I, I, was, I don't even have to say shit. I'll just let you know, be like, these guys have read it, and they're like, it's so good. <laughs> it, I mean, like, I haven't, I haven't even read it yet. I paged through it, and then I've gotten overwhelmed by other things. You, but you haven't goddamn. read Black Sad? I, it's sitting on my shelf. I'm Are they still it. working on a new one? Yeah, there's two other stories that I'm published. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is this is the one thing. Okay, just a, a little. Sorry, and to steal. No, your, no, no. I have thunder. no further thunders to steal. Okay, you can but I was, <laughs> no, but I, I have a I have a friend who who is not a real big comic book fan, but we're slowly getting him in. Yes. And so he's mostly reading uh, Deadpool, right? Because uh, he, he well, Deadpool is okay, a great. Okay. He's trendy. Deadpool, or Deadpool yes. Max. Deadpool. Okay. Yeah, uh, Deadpool going through Max. all Deadpool, Deadpool in cable, going through the whole Hulk. Get your filthy meat hooks off of me. That's yeah. the best line that's been written in that. So, 
because Deadpool is really accessible. He's irreverent. He's not doing the the usual, you know, cape and spandex kind of thing. So and you know he's not he's not a comic book guy, but he's slowly get into it. And so he's like, hey, let's give you something a little bit different. Black sad. You know, it's 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 animals. And you don't worry about the little oh, furry so thing. Yeah, but the the whole polar bear thing he said was just amazing because yeah because the whole thing is they use the animals as kind of like a characterization of what the person is much like yeah. in mouse except less racist yeah okay. better well, than mouse yeah absolutely and it, it, it that's one of different uh, goals you're right I, I I love the fact that that I read the interview with um the creator whom I can't remember his name there at the moment um. And where he was Spanish specifically, dude. yeah, where he was specifically talking about what you were just saying that that it's the animal is not necessarily representative of race or creed as much as personality. It seemed yeah. like it just reflected and character traits. Where so you you see things like groups of animals that are completely um, different, mm-hmm. anthropomorphized. Uh, Based like on the their individual personalities, you know, the main character being a panther and mm-hmm. there being side characters that are raccoons and fucking birds and yeah. polar bears and lizards and shit. And don't, none of them really have anything. All the, all the beatniks and whatnot. But I'm not spoiling anything. But that's something that's yeah, like, if she, if she's paged through it already, she already I've knows that there's that a much. whole bunch of different fucking animals in it. Yeah. So, But, you know, much like Anne was saying, and much like Mouse... It has broader appeal than just to the comic book yeah. Yeah. You know, community, it's and that's literature. one of the things. It would. Right. It really is. Pretty pictures. The only thing that aggravates me about it being literature, literature is that it's a completely literature. different literature. Is that it's completely different size format from all the other comics, so the hardcover <laughs> doesn't quite fit on the shelf with the rest of the comics oh, that yeah. I've got. Damn it! That's it's the only reason why we buy it's books. It's wider. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot like the it's a lot like the European like the Italian stuff uh, the. Mobius. Yeah, what am I trying to say? You're trying to words. think of... Is it words? Um, sub, or Meta, Meta Barons or... Yes. Azark yes. or... The yes, Elias the Cursed. <laughs> Humanoids. Oh, humanoids. <laughs> yes, that are wider than American comics. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah, but... Okay. British so. paperbacks are taller than American paperbacks. There you it go. does kind of infuriate me. So, as much <laughs> as I'm making fun of you, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's why I hate Mouse Guard so much. I love oh, Mouse Guard. I love everything about Mouse Guard except for the fact that it's format. Square. It's fucking square. It's <laughs> wider than comics and shorter than. It doesn't fit in a fucking comic book box. Yeah, but when the whole thing is said and done, you're going to be able to put them next to each other and make a handy cube. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So, so Anne, um, Lock and Key... The Lock and key, totally worth it. Good. Like, okay. I almost. You read? I can loan no, you the I fourth. By the way. Yes, please. Six gun, the second. Six guns, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Six, six gun. Six gun. Six gun. Yep. Okay. One of my top three comic books right now. Does Does the old crotchety guy? Does he come back? The old general. The, the second one is set in New Orleans. Why? Good and enough. that's all you need to know. Okay. So good. All right. I love the little Creole. Yeah, he brings right. some awesome mythology. It has Loa issue. in it. It's it's for real, yo. Top three. Lo- okay. I'll, I'll it's it's it. ranked up there with <laughs> Walking Dead, Invincible, and Sixth Gun. Yeah. Can can somebody take away his high horse, please? He's just hopping on that so What? Left and right. No, I'm just. I'm fucking with you. That was Anne. That was Anne. That was not what? Luke. Oh wow! Yes. Breaking the barrier. Burp five. Okay, so. 
Okay, so yeah, I need to borrow these things. Yes, lend them to me, and I don't have six gun two, unfortunately. I, I, I have do. it in singles. Yeah, she so. does. There you go. I will bring it next time. I can loan you. I can loan. Have you, you haven't read any lock and key other than the first one. No, 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 no. I've I've read lock and key all the way up to um, where two. they were almost drowning, but then they didn't drown. And so that's two, right? Yeah. Was that because head games is three, right? Head games is two. Uh, head which? games is two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, because yeah, Lock and Key is one of those stories where I can't read in single issues. I have to, it, much or like Walking Dead, I have to read the. Trade. I Walking Dead, Walking Dead, and Invincible are ones that I read in trades, and so is yeah. Lock and Key. Yeah. yeah. So, I was reading. I read the. I finally I finished the first and started the second trade of Runaways, um, which I've read before. I've read through the entire first run before, but I'm reading it again because by trade you mean hardback? hardcover hardcovers yeah, for volume. I have read. I am on issue twenty of Runaways, um, Volume One. Okay. So, so, so what do you, you think? I think I'm. I like it. Runaways. Yeah, I like it. I, I, um, the first, the whole first run is Brian K. Vaughn. I can't wait to get to Volume Two because that's when Joss Whedon takes over. Hmm. I thought it was the um, end of. Uh, no, he takes over in, in Volume Two. Um, uh, I also read The Cape. By the way, I'm, I'm going to recommend this to anybody who's read Lock and Key. Joe Hill wrote a short story that was part of one of his short story collections called The Cape. The short stories actually, sorry, Joe Hill, I think the comic book actually improves upon the short story. Hmm. Um, the comic book uh, got collected into a single issue uh, that was based on the short story. And then after that single one-shot came out, now they are starting into a an eight-issue miniseries based on the same characters that picks up immediately after that one-shot. Um, which I'm... I'm I'm reserving judgment until I finish it, until it gets through the eight, eight issues, because the one shot had one of those endings that you're just like, oh, ho, ho, ho. and then if they continue it beyond that, then you're like, well, it kind of takes a little of the impact away from that ending. Mm-hmm. But we don't want it to resolve. We want it to resonate. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so it, but it's really, really good. It's it's written by Jason Ciamarella is I think how you pronounce his name. Uh, it's really good. I, I suggest anybody. The legacy edition of the one shot is available. It's a second printing, but it also not only comes with the comic book, but it comes with the entire short story, the prose version, cool. with the notes from the comic book writer when he was writing the script like things as he's reading through it he's like making notes about what to pull out what to change what makes comment it's really cool as a writer i think i might pick that up that's awesome yeah Yeah. so the other thing that i'm reading is batman and son uh Mm. my comic book shop has has uh My my comic book shop has recommended, and multiple people have recommended that I go start reading some of the Grant Morrison run on Batman because he he's created this huge new kind of mythology for Batman, which uh, starts starts before Batman and Son, but Batman and Son is kind of where you can pick it up. Um, so I read I read through Batman and Son; it's really really fucking good. I'm looking forward to moving on because it's it's Batman. It's not, I don't remember what the mid middle story is called, but there's there's a one that's like the hardcover is marked Prelude to Batman R.I.P. and then there's Batman R.I.P. So Prelude to R.I.P. as in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Batman R.I.P. and then there's the run of Batman and Robin. I'm I'm, li- I'm really looking forward to it because I I like I like Grant Morrison stuff. I I'm Batman is the only DC 
character that I really, really like. Um, the rest of DC can go die in a fire. Well, he's he's um, stronger, I think, than the rest of the DC characters. In part because he has a strong backstory and some stakes. But in part just because he has like better mystique and maybe it's just yeah. that he's darker. I, and they design and they design his villains better. I, I yes. think the villains. Um, Definitely. It's all the rogues gallery. It's not. The yeah. rogues gallery, yeah. the Batman villains are the best villains in the DC universe. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, yeah. Yeah. like aside Marvel. from Lex Luthor, I'm like, I have no idea who Wonder Woman's villains are as a person that doesn't read DC comics Lex, much, but I can he, name like five Batman villains. Yeah, mm-hmm. and even Lex Luthor was ruined by a giant green suit of armor. Right. So, President Luthor. And, yeah. Yeah, so. You need to put the correct title on that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. and well, uh, uh, one thing I do have to say about this is that this is one thing that they can do with all these big franchises like Superman, Batman, all that kind of stuff is that a writer can take it, do his own little run with it, like you were saying with Grant Morrison, take it in a totally different direction the, or in a horrible direction like Neil Adams. I don't know if you guys have heard about Neil Adams' take on Batman. Frankencastle. Or Fuck Frank you. Castle. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, you can or eat a big <laughs> bag of floppy dicks. But they can take this idea, okay, this is what this hero is, and this is what I think about where this hero can go. And and that, at the end of it, it was like, okay, then we can you know do some something to just make yeah. everything wipe away well, and see, start over. Do it yeah. like the fables. Yeah. There's so many in, in fables. Like mm. their their power as, you know, mythological entities is is greater if they have more people writing about them. I, yeah. I think one of the things that I think that that and I have admittedly I haven't read very deep into it, but one of the things judging from Batman and Son that Grant Morrison succeeded at was adding his own spin and his own flavor to Batman while still remaining very true to the feel of Batman, if not the direct like um, canon of Batman. Like mm. he he's just you read it and you're like, okay, this is this is. Batman and this could happen and this this makes sense in the Batman universe even though it's a little out there you know he you know he boned Talia al Ghul and fathered a fucking Damien. child it feels okay it's a, it's a little out there but it feels it feels like it should be I'm okay with it yeah it should be part of the universe you so know? it's a little bit out there and let's think about the other thing that Grant Morrison did where Batman fought through time to get back to modern day no it, yeah. don't get me wrong i'm not saying he's yeah. perfect but like, that's very normal that's com- compared DC to Grant universe. Morrison's other work. That's no, right. The return of the return of Bruce Wayne and uh, I liked Pirate Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got to go back. So have you gotten to the Runaways where they got into Cloak and Dagger? Yeah, yeah. That was in the trade that we did for the show. Okay, I wasn't. You know what here. you should do? You should li- you should listen to episode ten. You should, okay. and then you, you should there. actually have discussions <laughs> about you. Um, I mean, you were in the fucking episode, so you should at least I, listen I to the fucking episode. I know, <laughs> I know, right? God, no. That's that's where Vaughn lost me. Where uh, everything was great to build up to that, and then when they actually broke away from the parents, they they, they broke away it. from the parents in the first issue. Yeah, way long before that. Read read past Cloak and Dagger. Okay, you need to, to re- you need stuff. to reread. You need to reread this. Oh, yeah. Do I? I mean, uh, all the way. Your to comments issue during 18. the show proved to me that you you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about with <laughs> this <laughs> with this fucking trade. I mean, making comments about like about Nazi like porn. Nazi porn and shit. Like oh, no. I, you clearly did not read what? this. Go what? back and read it. What people don't like Nazi porn. <laughs> I thought I thought that that crossed all. You know, um, yeah, Nazi porn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Hey, Andy, what have you been reading lately since we've been talking about everyone else? Hey, yeah, Andy, what have you been reading? <laughs> since we've been talking about everyone no, else. No, we, we saved the best for last. Oh, that's and what have mistake. you been consuming, Andy? <laughs> I have been enjoying thoroughly a bunch of Hawaii dick. Okay. Is it Hawaii or Hawaiian? Uh, I believe it's Hawaii. It's a uh, noir story set in Hawaii before the tourism trade took place when all the, the gangsters and the mobs and whatnot were trying to take over, and it follows a private investigator. Um, I don't want to give away too much of the sport, like the story because that's pretty much the entire point of reading one of those. Yeah. Well, it's noir. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like something I'll read. Other than that, I have picked Hint. up three of the library editions of Hellboy, which is 900 delicious, delicious pages of Hellboy. And torn through it in the past week and a half. Well done, sir. I sat down with uh, the second one, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to flip through a little bit. Next thing I know, an hour and a half had gone by, and I just <laughs> read everything that uh, was in like, the second book. I'm like, what the hell just happened? You Where just did lo- the sun go? Lost yourself in it. Damn. Yeah, no, you completely. know, I, ha- I do have to say, this is a sad, sad thing, but I have not read Hellboy. It's really good. You should totally I've, read I've it. I've seen the movie. It's worth it. I... I was the pleasantly yeah. surprised the by movies the movies, good, to be honest. It's not the same story. Okay. You would know these things. Uh, Hellboy versus the rest of like BPRD. Have you read BPRD? I have. Is it worth reading? It's more of... It's the same. Is, is it like Hellboy continued, but yeah, it's, with it, friends? It's, it's Abe Sapien and... Sure. Um, oh, I can't remember the girl's name. Uh, her You read 900 pages of this. Yeah. You, you don't know her name? Okay. It's just 900 pages. It's not like it's stuck. <laughs> In and out. Rudyard Kipling. Oh, fuck you, mister. <laughs> that, that's actually the other pronunciation of his name, is, uh, is fuck you. It's Okay. So, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Podell. Go ahead. I'm did sorry. you get my first name wrong? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you just call him Adam? I that's did. my brother's name, is the funny thing. <laughs> oh, well and done. Andrew. God. Okay. Say any name correctly. <clears throat> Rudyard uh, Podell. <laughs> Andy Kipling, <laughs> Candy Appling. I, I, I'm, I'm about to snap. Randy Stripling. Ah! Okay. okay. Black Rage. Black Rage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not good with names. Apparently, even with I'm about to snap and break out into random funk. Ah! <laughs> 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 Hit me. <laughs> Hit you! <laughs> Good God! <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Look, go on. We've Adam. been talking for like an hour about shit, so let's get onto the book. <laughs> Wait, we got we got two two Comic quick two quick news. industry things to talk about. First, Colin Bunn has signed an exclusive contract with Marvel, so he's not going to be doing any DC or Dark Horse or via IDW, I guess. However, it does not affect creator-owned stuff, so he's not going to. It's not going to affect Sixth Gun, everybody. Uh, but he is a Marvel exclusive. Uh, I know that Marvel Marvel put out a tweet about, "Hey, Colin Bunn is exclusive now. What do you want him to write?" And I said, "The second run of Moon Knight. Like, that'd be fucking awesome. Like, uh, I think he would be. I think he would. He'd be well suited to write the Moon Knight character, but." Um, no, this is the Moon Knight with the Spider-Man's abilities and Wolverine's abilities, and no, with Moon Knight's abilities to emulate gadgets. shit, gadgets, and emulating stuff. Okay, so. think of Moon Knight as the poor boy's Batman, or the poor the uh, he, he is kind the of poor like, man's Batman. Yeah, no, a totally different character. 
Just because he has gadgets does not mean he's Batman. Like, and he's dressed up. And he's a knight. And he's a whack job. He's a complete fucking. Oh, because Bruce Wayne is the perfect yeah. model of stability. Okay, but but this guy is like is like a classic multiple personality disorder, like whack nut. Well, yeah, they're completely different because Batman wears black tights or gray tights, and and Moon Knight wears white tights. Completely different. Problem solved. I to be entirely honest, like people bag on it a lot, but I, the newest run of of Moon Knight with my Bendis is, is really good with like Shadowland or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's really yeah. well written, and it's Bendis, right? It's Bendis and Malieve, so it's like anyway. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, Colin Bunn is a is a Marvel exclusive. To to get back back on topic, uh, I was going to talk about um, the one thing that I have not read yet, but I really want to read is the Tooth. Colin Bunn's new. I bought. I bought it. You know what? I bought it, and maybe we should do that for the show because I own it. We should so do that for the show. So I I bought it. I like it, and maybe that can be a. Maybe that. I mean, we're doing Scarlet next. Maybe we can do the tooth after that. I was going to describe it it as an homage to the old EC stuff, and I. I tweeted to uh, Colin Bunn a few minutes ago. I was like, "Would you call it that?" And I'm still waiting to hear back from you. So EC what? EC comics. EC comics. The like Tales from the Crypt. Please tell me what EC stands for. Oh God, I don't remember no, what he's because all I can think of is early childhood. And no, I it's, uh, it's like electric comics or something like oh, okay. that. Okay, yeah, it's so it's the, the kind of stuff that would have given me nightmares when yeah, I was. Yeah, it's, it's easy in my comics 20s. for the reason that the Comics Code of Authority came into effect. Yep, Yay! specifically a story that involved a baseball player being dismembered and his like body was used as the home plate and the first base, second base, and they played baseball with this guy. With the guy, whatever body? that would be straight out of. And this came out tales. in the. 40s? What were we talking about? Oh, anyway, so moving on from Colin Bunn and the tooth. Yeah, the maybe, tooth. We can, maybe we'll do the tooth for a couple episodes from now. So. so it's um, kind of like a little shop of horrors with a dentist that's demented. Son no. be a dentist. Parasite. So okay. the second bit of, of news was that they revealed this week the, the replacement for Ultimate Peter Parker, Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, it's a character named Miles Morales, who is a, a teenager who is half black, half Hispanic. And it is... You could have just said he's a teenager. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, the, the, deal, the deal is that, is that Marvel rap. is Morales. blitzing the fuck out of media about this, this uh, ethnic character that they've created, which has caused a positive spin for Marvel for the most part. And then my, my utter disgust with humanity. For yeah, the other part. exactly. And the, and then the opposite side, which is like disgusting, terrible human beings making stupid fucking comments about the Somebody it, internet if, anonymity. If you really want to know, like specifically what I'm talking about, go to IGN and read, uh, read their article about the announcement specifically about the new character, and then look at the comments section, and you will see the dregs of humanity saying some of the most terrible fucking shit that you could possibly put on the web. I can believe it. Um, yeah. I, for one, am 100% indifferent, but that's also because I'm a fucking wasp. Except I'm not Protestant. With I'm the, all about with the stinger. <laughs> non-white superheroes. I think that I like. I'm, I mean, I'm neutral awesome. on the media blitz about it, but I think I think I'm really interested to see where the okay. character goes. Yeah, this is is this a lot of uh, sound and fury signifying nothing? Because I I've, don't know yet. Okay, because like, we, we, we don't know yet. Now, now here's the thing: because I've heard they're going to reboot the Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Ultimates. 
Am I wrong about this? So I don't everything, know. yeah, they're going to reboot it. So this didn't is, they already do that? I thought that's what Ultimatum no. was. Ultimatum was killing off Spider Man. Oh, Jesus yes. Christ! <laughs> and then and then they finally went for the marquee, which was Spider Man, and now they're going to reboot the universe, and it's not going to mean anything. It wouldn't surprise me if they maintained Miles Morales even after they do that because they already have Peter Parker established in the core universe. Yeah. So they want to change things up. And, and you know what? I, good for them. I, I, th- yeah. I think it's – I'm not going to I'm not gonna be negative about it because it's it's nice to see. Yeah. It, uh, you know what it really right, is? It really is. It, no, it, really, it really is. is. So, but, like it's nice to have they, they non-white superheroes they, yeah. that aren't totally dumb. They don't yeah. have black in their name. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. We were thinking Blackula, but we decided that was too cheesy. (laughs) Oh, God. Black Uh, Guy in an Alley, the exciting new title from Ultimate Series. So, because someone who follows the Marvel Universe, or the, yeah, the Ultimate Universe, said it was going to be rebooted. So, if it does get rebooted and they do keep Mr. Miles, Mm -hmm. Mr. Miles Morales, then I I will personally give you a $10 bill. Oh, that yeah. is on tape. Yeah, that is on tape. If I they reboot, I, I have one too. So uh, here's no, how. No, here's no, him. Just him, not you. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that brave. So, so we're gonna repeat this. Okay. If they reboot the Ultimate Marvel Universe, yes. and Miles Morales is still in the universe as Spider Man, yeah. As Spider-Man or just in the universe, no, period? if he's in the universe, If he's period. still in the reboot universe, in, yes. I get 10 bucks from Joel. Because Ding. I got to tell you, Ultimate is pretty lily white. Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Doom. Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat. The Super Friends. So, for the last uh, two weeks, we've been reading um, some comic book that is about stuff. Umbrella <laughs> Academy. We've been reading the Umbrella. I'm so clear on that Wait, point now. We've been reading the Umbrella. Label your segments, yeah. Your we've been reading the Umbrella Academy by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Gerard Way, for those of you who aren't aware and haven't been listening to this show before, is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Please stop making music. Please. Uh, <laughs> only write comics. Um, no, which, just stop which making is actually, music. Okay. Which is actually interesting if you read the uh, uh, in the trade paperback, the, the intro is done by one of the editors of the book and <laughs> talking about how Gerard Way actually wrote this um, while he was on tour. So he was like, you know, well Gabriel Gabriel Baugh was right was drawing the book, and it, it he basically says to paraphrase that um, he managed to write this while on tour and managed to deliver his scripts right at the exact moment when Gabriel Baugh was just about out of you know done with the previous work and would have been sitting around, and so they like barely made all of their uh, yeah. their deadlines and stuff, but. Um, it's it's uh it was released in 2008 by Dark Horse um and it was it's an interesting kind of like superhero-ish story about a group of children and other people who managed to glam onto superhero powers somehow and it's like the superheroes meets royal tenenbaums so i, I need to mm. <laughs> and, and actually, the jackson family and the jackson five yeah at, at, the, <laughs> the, jackson at the beginning family. of this discussion i need to explain how i managed to stumble upon this at first okay please so i am a huge fan of video games and specifically resident evil okay 
I saw this and thought it was a dis- it was a comic because the it, the cover for issue number four umbrella the umbrella corporation <laughs> yeah I thought yeah. it had to do with oh. kids who were being raised for the umbrella corporation and it was in a poly bag it was not like officially poly bag but the store I saw it at only had one copy of it and it was in a bag so I couldn't open it up and take a look at it mm. I was like yeah four bucks sure if it's you know Resident Evil looks cool enough opened it up and my mind exploded because it was nothing what I expected it was so much better that's great yeah. It was a. Uh, I'm gonna let you guys talk about it for a little. Oh, okay. Yeah. First off, I'm excited to see Gabriel Ba's art. I mean, I keep seeing like his covers in comic books, and I've been wanting to like open one up and finally read it. Dark Horse Presents number two. Uh, he has the limited edition cover for it. Um, it's great. There must be a yeah. new run of Dark Horse Presents. Yeah, right. It's, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. The first one had yeah no I I do have to admit Gabriel Ball he he has he has his own style you can definitely see oh, yeah. whenever you see his art and it's not like ultra realistic he doesn't try to go for realism or anything like that he goes for his own kind of uh, whimsical style yeah, but it's, it's still it still fits in the whole super superhero genre kind of like Powers and Emming a little bit yeah yeah a, a, but a, but really his own thing it feels yeah. it, it feels now for someone who's not familiar with Gabriel Law's artwork this is the first thing I've read with his his artwork in it and he feels he if you wouldn't have pushed kick ass on us or actually I, I pushed kick ass on us uh-huh. but we were gonna do Casanova but Hey, that kick-ass episode actually generated a lot of good fucking discussion, all right? We we argued for a long fucking time about that stupid-ass book. Oh, and it just seems like every time we look back at it, it that argument's going to get bigger and bigger. It, seriously, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, God. Well, I'm there, surprised people haven't been talking about that episode. That's a really good fucking episode. Yeah. There is kick-ass, too, though. So, anyway. That. There's two. Okay. If you want... My- Go what? Go fucking Mark Millar. He's doing it again. <laughs> Kick ass. <laughs> Number two issue one came out. Two months later, issue two came out. It's been six fucking months. Yeah, I I won't. I actually want to stop talking about Mark Millar. Okay, so uh, <laughs> thank don't you. we all? Okay, so, so anyway, Umbrella Academy. Pause for a sec. What I was gonna say because we were talking about Gabriel Ball's artwork is that uh, my impression of Gabriel Ball's artwork is that it is almost a dead. Spanking cross between Michael Avon Emming and uh, and Mike Mignola, like right yeah. in the fucking middle. I could see I that, Darwin especially Cook. for this book, and a little bit of Darwin yeah. Cook in there. He's, sure, he's not as that. heavy on the inks as Mignola, but exactly, yeah. he 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 doesn't use blacks as heavily as Mignola does. Yeah. but um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's just like because because I'm reading both uh, both Mice Templar and Powers right now and and so I'm like pretty heavy into Emming stuff and of course I've I've read a shit ton of Hellboy and um it's it just like have we talked about Mice Templar before? No. Mm-mm. Not I, much. I don't like Omen's work in there. I don't know why. We did we did briefly mention this because I I'm the exact opposite. I really like his work in you Mice Templar like and I don't like Powers. Oh, okay, yeah. So, anyway, continuing yeah. on with with what you were saying, Joel. Gabriel Ba, art Gabriel Ba awesome. artwork in okay. Umbrella Academy. His artwork's awesome, and, and I really like it. But though, no, though, no, it's it's really whimsical, and it's it's the fact that you it's kind of cartoony, but he does have a lot of um, talent, a, a talent and adult themes in there too. It's iconic, so, yeah. But that doesn't mean it's shallow. Wow, thank you, Anne. Right, I said the same words up. except she, bigger. She always shows us up. Look yeah, at this. I know. Like, As of this a is, this is her what you really meant. Burger, 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 burger. <laughs> 
yes. asymptote for no. tension. Coming this <laughs> summer. No, I think you crossed and it. beans. Here's what you rednecks actually meant to say. Yeah, this is what you meant to say. Um, but Derp. no, no, this is true. <laughs> I wrote a novel. And <laughs> I'm in grad school. <laughs> I didn't waste my life like you fucks. Uh. No, no, no. <laughs> you have jobs that pay money. You deal with people that shit themselves and eat stuff they shouldn't. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so do you. Yeah. I cl- spent half an no, hour cleaning human stuff. feces out of a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting until Luke was drinking beer to say that. Oh my god. In a shoe? No, uh, someone oh someone stepped on someone else's bar? shit. Okay. Um no, a preschool. I mean, you, no, no, very okay. similar. You no. said out, out of, of shoe. not off of not yeah. off of. There okay. is a distinct <laughs> difference. It's yeah. true, it's true. But you know what? Both have happened. So. All right. oh. Who dropped the deuce in the moccasins? It's <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh. like rats, except they're people. <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. You see a bunch of like Oh, wow. Third graders like tr- tangled together in the, by the hair. They're like, "You'll be a rat king soon. Yeah. <laughs> You'll eventually fuse into one. The yeah. playground will be yours." Oh God! <laughs> you pet one, you get boobos. It's all over. Um, but, <laughs> but um, I'm gonna think of that forever at my job now. Thank you. I can't, I can't, oh, oh, can't touch you. You live with I, Mike Atron. You yeah. you have no room to complain about third graders. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the artwork is very, very whimsical and, and kind of goes in line with the story because the story, I don't know why I have to go back to Casino Royale, but the old like Woody Allen Casino, not the, not the new one, the old school one with David Niven. Blah, blah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. But it is a terrible fucking movie. Well, yeah, it is terrible, but it, it's, it doesn't take itself too serious. Sure. It was Austin Powers before Austin Powers. It was what Austin Powers was made based on. Is everybody just going to say what I'm going to say or what I mean? <laughs> yes, we're psychic. That's, that's what we're doing here. Yeah, what am I here for? Oh, yeah, the minority opinion. <laughs> um, so anyway, but uh, and I just really like how the story doesn't take it too seriously, you know, because some some comics really tend to be hyper serious about this. And it's it's a fun little romp. Like my favorite part of my favorite scene of the whole book is when they're going through the amusement park, right? And they have all these killer robots that are going through this amusement park and trying to kill them. And the heroes are trying to save the kids and the whole time the the robots are saying these little funny robot things, a lot like um uh like those robots from Doctor Who what Dalek, those Daleks. Daleks. Yes, exactly. Exterminate. And, and you know, I think we both pronounce it wrong because I'm pretty sure Dalek. it's Daleks. Dalek. 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 I just watched the newest like Christopher Eccleston episode, and it's Dalek. I will proportionally. <laughs> that give sounds very. That sounds very sophisticated. Like, hello, Dalek. Hello, Would Dalek. you like a cocktail? <laughs> I will. The proportionality like of me giving a fuck will be equivalent to the quality <laughs> of their scripts. <laughs> Considered I've only seen the first season. Yeah, the the Christopher Eccleston season is pretty pretty rough, but fun anyway. I still think that like the best like panel is like zombie robot Gust- Gustav Eiffel. Um, I loved yeah. that so much. <laughs> zombie like, ro- Gustav Eiffel. How can you say no to a book with, with zombie Gustav which Eiffel? Is, which is one of the things that I loved about this book is that that kind of thing like because one of the books that I'm also reading recently has been Atomic Robo and and like little there, there seems to be more and more of those little like 
weird little historical comments that they throw in and historical characters that they throw into these because, you know, they're realizing that, like, people, they've got a certain amount of, like, literati reading their comics that will get this shit, you know? That's right. And it's 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 funny. It's it's awesome that they throw that stuff in because there, I'm sure there are plenty of people who read Umbrella Academy and went, "Who the fuck is Oh Eiffel? He must have been the guy that made the tower." Yeah, exactly. You but know. it's also irreverent because it's taking all this stuff that you're supposed to be. If you had robot respect. zombie in front of someone's name, it makes it robot right. Zombie it makes it awesome. Out. It does. Um, so, and it does, it, it makes it a referent and it kind of takes something that you're supposed you to hold. Scanners, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, it, it makes something that, you know, you're supposed to revere and you don't revere it as much anymore. That's true. That, I mean, because that's the same, like, Anne brought up Five Fists of Science uh, a long time ago where, you, you know, it, it was funny I when I was topic. listening to, I was listening to the Nerdist podcast and they made it somebody, they were randomly talking about stuff and somebody brought up Nikolai Tesla and somebody in the audience goes, "Woo!" you know, for fucking Nikolai Tesla. And then they made all kinds of jokes about bring up Edison and the whole audience booze. And, you know, it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) that dude was a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like weird little fucking steampunk niche shit that has been, that has generated these like, like generated genuine historical knowledge. Right. (laughs) I can't think of Nikolai Tesla without thinking of David Bowie as Nikolai Tesla. (laughs) See, and when I think of Nikolai Tesla, I think of him from the, not the illusionist, from... Uh, the Prestige. The, the Prestige. Yeah. That's David yeah. Bowie. It was David Bowie? That was David fucking Bowie. Did you not really? notice by the cod piece? Cod piece. God, I need to go back Is and that the one with Ed Norton? Now. Yeah. Okay. That, no, that's, oh, yeah. that's the oh, illusionist. Son okay. of a this bitch. Is, this is yeah. the one, yeah. That's the one with Hugh Jackman. Okay, yep. yeah, the one I watched was the, the Ed Norton one. Which was excellent. The illusionist is such a good movie. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the best thing that Scarlett Johansson the has Prestige done. The Prestige was not... Yes, prestige no, was d- good. Prestige okay. was prestige was spectacular. It's, it's okay. totally different. So movies. pretty much, if you put Nikola Tesla in anything, it's it becomes good. awesome. Yeah, pretty much. Point made. The guy never had sex. Just saying. What? Aside from that, he's awesome. And how would you know this? He's lying. That's that's. I'm sorry. He's lying. I think he's a robot. Actually, that's my theory. He was quite insane, actually. So also that. Yeah. Not just a okay, little bit. But d- may, okay, insane. maybe if he qualified it with never had sex with a girl, yeah, or never had sex with humans, a human, humans, that's Anything. fine. Sheep but fair game <laughs> or cats. It's possible. He, he never he said never had cats. sex with an automaton. So I it's could see having right? creepy robot sex. Robot there you sex. Go. Okay. okay. Creepy it, robot sex. This is this is the guy. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the fleshlight. Hey. No. There you go. I so. don't know. I think he would be into those those robots in Umbrella Academy that like float around and stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai, what are you doing up there? <laughs> 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 Nothing, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a coil. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't come in. It's I'm private. Try, I'm trying not to laugh at it. <laughs> I can't. God, are we so? How far off track from Umbrella Academy have we become? I, I was have we just, gotten like. <laughs> we haven't talked about the plot or the characters yet. No. But real quick, go. I, I just want to throw in uh, "Hark a Vagrant" by Tycho, where he's talking yeah. about Kepler. The sun orbits around the earth. Like Kepler says, or um, oh shit, I can't remember the guy's name. He's like Kepler. The sun orbits around the earth, and then Kepler responds, responds with, "Well, what if the Earth orbits around the sun?" 
And then uh, the other guy responds back with, what if your wife orbits around my dick? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how the conversation really went. It was an accident? That, that would you just slip that, and fall on my wife's car? Or, or <laughs> wife's my co- wife's <laughs> car. <laughs> I fell on that hmm. one. Can you say That's that? so much funnier than what I was going to say, so you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going <laughs> to say it right it. there. Say it one more time for a good clear. Nope. That's good. We're, we're good. I'm not going to repeat <laughs> it because that'll ruin it. Frankly, the story is not that important. It is the smallest aspect of the whole thing. The dialogue is great, and you know the Freaking story fantastic is fantastic one-liners. Yeah, the, the story yeah. is simply needed in order to move things from location to location and keep the progress going. It doesn't really matter that much. They are it's, averting the apocalypse and all. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's but like it, uh, what it, the fun part is not that they're averting the apocalypse. The fun part is the characters, the interaction, yeah, yeah. the robots, the zombies, the incredibly dysfunctional superhero family right? that yeah. gets together for a funeral and then realizes that oh we have to we have to work together again after i 10 years Royal Jackson Tenenbaums complete with wardrobe malfunction with a talking monkey and by that i mean turning into a white violin i, I, but, thought, you I know. thought you meant Lloyd when she gets her throat slit oh well that's a wardrobe <laughs> oh, malfunction oh no too. no <laughs> we're not telling you who there are two girls it could be either of them so i actually um want to bring that up about the fact that um so the the trade paperback comes with the first six issues. That sir is an amazing use of grammar. I have comes, to say, comes with the first six issues of the comic, and it also comes with a uh, sixteen-page preview that they did for Free Comic Book Day, and the Murder Magician. Yeah, so it's kind of magician. I really, really, really liked the first six issue. So I'm not going to say overall. One of the things I really liked about the first six issues of the comic book was the fact that Rumor never uses her power. Not yeah. once. That's true. Every like that single too. time she starts, she gets interrupted in the entire thing, and then she gets her throat cut. So, and we'll it never was, speak again. And it was, it, was, it was definitely one of the things that I enjoyed about it was that those kinds of implications are things that I enjoy in these stories where you just see... You you kind of get an implication and you kind of understand the the potential of something without ever seeing it, and then you're fucked out of ever seeing it. No, you're not. And then you read the free comic book day thing, and she uses her power twice. And I was I like, read that. that's actually really disappointing <clears throat> to me because I'm like, this is okay. So I'm gonna spoil something from volume two. Uh, if you want to read these in order, skip for thirty seconds. Uh, she kills JFK. Well she, done she's, there. She's posed as... Um, well, that makes sense, because um, he's like, let's what's start his, with Kennedy What's his wife? Uh, Jackie Onassis. Uh, she's dressed up as her in the limousine, and she whispers over to... Or she leans over to him and says, Mr. President, I heard you got shot in the head right now. And boom! <laughs> oh, shit. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> things like that are... Okay. Fine. Like, but that's... And, and you know, I think maybe when I read into the future, I'm not sure reading forward whether or not that would ruin something for me or I would feel it's cool because it's rewinding. But I was actually kind of impressed that they didn't show her power. And and I, I don't know. There was just something. There was something I really liked that because you, they you know they call her the rumor over and over and over again. And it's they, they to and, the name. She, and you can you get glimpses of where it's leading with her saying, you know, I heard that, and then she gets interrupted and nothing ever happens. And like, hey. oh, that's cool. Her power could be really cool. It's you know, it's to me, it's very similar to 
it builds a mystique around the character very similar to the way like Yoda was built up in the original Star Wars movies. And then when they finally show him wielding a lightsaber, it was the dumbest shit that ever happened to the Star Wars universe. It really was. It was just, it was like, it was dumb. It was dumb. He looked like, no, 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 you shut your fucking dirty mouth. No, it's terrible. It was, it's it was terrible. Oscar the Grouch kicking some ass. It was like somebody was stuck a lightsaber amazing. in a Super Bowl and then threw it into a room and he bounced around. It was it fucking terrible. It was the terrible. combination of all, everything nope. that no. I wanted in no. my no. childhood. It was, it, it was nope. everything. Realized. It was all of the implication okay. and mysticism. It, like, We're done. It, We're done here. F- fuck you. No. Fuck you and your no. Star Wars bullshit. Can, Fuck off. Okay, that's, can that's I just all. say that Yoda's speech in episode one where he's like, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hatred, hatred leads to suffering, is such horseshit. Suffering leads to bad sequels. <laughs> right? No, bad sequels lead to suffering. But the thing is, if you really think about that in terms of philosophy, that's the exact opposite of everything he says in the original trilogy. Like, it should have gone like, Shit, like more Buddhist like what? shit happens and then we deal with it and no, if you no. deal with it by like fucking people up then you're bad but but because you're gonna go to the but totally because, he? <laughs> no right? he was he was totally trying he went that way and then realized when Anakin turned into Darth Vader and he seriously fucked up it's like huh maybe I'm wrong no, no. I'm going to do my little pilgrimage hermitage or George Yoda, Lucas Yoda. wrote movies for his Obi-Wan, children murder him you will Yoda started out as like a combination of Mahatma Gandhi and fucking Winston Churchill yeah. and yeah. it was it and it was awesome because he was like he what? was like go kill go kill shit but do it for the right reasons One and in this Muhammad. movie he's like don't ever do anything wrong ever that might be considered wrong because it's dumb I can't believe you guys well, didn't want to see Yoda swinging a lightsaber it was I, okay, stupid. No, I just no, I just. It have was to say, like okay, I can relate this to really wait, academic and, bullshit. Wait, hold on for one second, because okay. I'm pretty sure that Next I'm the, the biggest gonna... Star Wars nerd here. Yoda is one of the most powerful Force users on the face of the the world. Universe. Okay, uh, why doesn't he just stand there like twiddling his fucking thumbs and seriously? using the Force to move a light? Why doesn't he get like eight lightsabers and be like and have What's them up in now? a whirlwind blade like, storm, yeah. blade storm people? Because because that would be showing off. And that's not Yoda. And jumping around like a Super Bowl isn't showing off? No, it's not. Hey, he Count Dooku, here's a great idea. Why don't you try deflecting like fo- while Luke is actually, I think he's shitting himself. Oh, it's my God. Episode. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Dude, I seriously? saw a little brain come out of his nose. If you, like, you're going to, like, you're going to die on the toilet if you don't, if you don't I, I really am. I really am. I'm going to read something that is just going to make my brain explode. Do it. Uh, Wouldn't it be horrible if I fucking died in a bathroom? <laughs> Jesus hey, Christ! No, no. See what it did for Stranger Elvis. Stranger things have happened. Oh yeah, it did great things for Elvis. Hey, he's still people the thought he was alive. Still. Yeah, and and still also an I'm pretty sure that Elvis was the inspiration for Big Fat Bastard. He's still chicken him. wings and heart attacks on a toilet. <laughs> well, I thought it was Viking and peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Peanut butter and fried, all of the above. Fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches. How the fuck do you fry a peanut butter sandwich? Oh, you can fry you anything, fucking man. Butter. You fucking lots of butter. Batter and fry. Beat batter, tempura batter, batter. and a deep fryer, man. I've had a. Jesus, can we talk about Umbrella Academy for a little Let's bit? Let's talk about Not Umbrella Academy. Okay. okay, because you know, I I I let this I let I left this in your hands because I was going to shit on Umbrella Academy just a little bit, and you decided to talk about other stuff. So I'm gonna say. I was not that impressed by Umbrella Academy. I liked it at parts. There were good 
there were good one-liners and there were good little bits and chunks that were interesting throughout the book but overall it felt entirely disjointed it it did not feel like a cohesive storyline it felt like he was just trying to he was like he had the point a and he had the point b and could not figure out how to get there like i don't don't, they're just it just didn't feel right to me there was something about it that i didn't like i especially did not like the chick the chick that turns into white violin number seven vanya Vanya, thank you. Where Vanya runs into the battle at uh, the the amusement park, and Kraken shits all over her, basically, and she just <laughs> runs away and decides to become a supervillain. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Your entire family is there, and this one dude decides to be an asshole, and you decide to be a whiny bitch and run away after after years of being separated from these people because of whatever reason. You you finally make the decision to step up and and like go be a part of whatever it is they're doing, and one one interaction somehow manages to make you run away like a whiny little bitch yeah. and not only run away like a whiny little bitch but make the conscious decision to go from apathy to world domination slash destruction so are you kidding me two things about that one um i i saw that that was where the whole kind of royal bombs element came in because of the like strange incestuous not really incest not really incest because they're not related because they're not related but they're siblings but they're not related etc etc um between the two characters but also um i think that what they could have done was show the cause before the effect because they tried to that would have been nice they tried to show some of the cause yes and they tried to like pull into the backstory. Oh, by the and way, stuff. you thought you were in love with this. But girl. I completely see what you mean about like not believing it in the moment. Yeah, because you didn't necessarily have the lead up to it. Given the entire series as a whole, and by series I mean six issues that I read just now. <laughs> um, well, I, actually, it was, was almost okay two it. hours ago at this point. That's relatively now <laughs> in geologic time. That's yeah. exactly now. Okay, so first off, Luke, you're a big fan of Hellboy, right? Some Hellboy stories. Do you like the longer stuff or the shorter stuff? Because the majority of Hellboy stories are short stories. They're about eight pages. I actually wouldn't be able to tell you right off the top of my head what stories I think are the best. Uh, The Corpse in the the Iron Shoes is one of my favorites, and that's one of the shorter ones. Anyway, what's your point? So I'm just saying that, like, I, I can make some pretty clear parallels between, like, Hellboy and Casanova and Umbrella Academy insofar as the style of the story. Okay. However, where if you look at Hellboy, Hellboy has a lot of small stories that are not connected. Uh, Umbrella Academy has one, what has two short stories or three short stories and two six-issue series. And they've gotten just as much out of those two six-issue series as you've gotten in these completely unrelated stories for Hellboy, where you don't have to explain the middle ground. Hmm. Like, in one story, he's in Europe, and another story, he's in Africa, and another story, he's back in the States. Okay, but they set that up in so much as They don't it's set it up. They just start and say, he was in London, he's in... Sure. They, they cut out that middle I part. I say that this was similar in terms of, like, they're just like, we're going to throw you into the story. Here they are in Paris. Here they are in this place. Let's yeah. go. But I, I, it's one overall 
It's like one book. Right. You're not seeing it as separate stories. You're seeing it as parts of the same story. So that's probably why it's a little bit difficult. Yes, to do. Uh, and I, okay. I agree on that, that it's the presentation of Umbrella Academy as a cohesive, especially uh, Apocalypse Suite, as an attempt at a cohesive storyline uh, as opposed to vignettes about a character. If they had presented the first six issues as just vignettes about these characters and things that they that happened to them over the course of their lives, I would be more accepting of random shit happening and then being told later, you I know, explained later. The but, only thing they have going in their favor is the time traveler character, because I'm more willing to hear shit out of order if there is a time traveler character. And I was okay with everything that was just kind of random that related to him. I was less okay with the, the characters that are going through linear time. Okay, so now here, here's... To bring it back to my original point about the whole thing with Vanya and, and Kraken... Sure. I would have been... I would have even been more accepting of that had... If it had been a disjointed storyline where they were telling different parts from different time periods, because mm-hmm. they do that with Ex Machina a lot. They flip back and forth between different time periods to tell the story. If they had shown that part where she goes ape shit and runs away after he, dis- after he disses right. her, and then gone back and shown... After the fact shown any of the parallel right. lead up to it... I was hoping for that. Rather than an offhanded comment from one of the characters still in present day, then that would have been, I would have been able to digest that easier. But it just, it just felt really like, it felt like Gerard Way had a lot in his head that he didn't put on paper. We got the end of a conversation without the rest of the conversation that's in his brain right now. And, that's disappointing to some degree because the characters are cool and the concept is awesome. I'm not going to deny that. The concept of the comic book is really cool. Yeah. You know, these people that were adopted by this old philanthropist who decided alien. that he was going to alien whatever. Philanthropist alien. Philanthropist whatever. alien who was who decided he was going to try and do something like like thing, little bits like I really like the comment that he made where he was like um, I'm trying to bring them to their full potential which admittedly was not that great. You know, and he, he's, he's like, they, they really weren't, you know, the world thought that they were going to be bigger than they really were. And I was just trying to, you know, do something with these people. Um, Otherwise, Tentacle Boy is going to have an awkward adolescence. Yeah, and... and Not something he needed to worry about. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> hey. So I, I just, I'm, I mean, I, th- I liked those parts. And there, and you can tell that there's there's... There's story in Gerard Way's brain that I really want to see come out. I was just really disappointed in the way that this first six-issue arc was constructed because I felt like he tried to touch on too much. If he had tightened it up some and focused more on the the modern day and the family and and like not thrown so many little tidbits of stuff that he he either plans to explain later or hasn't explained yet into this six issue arc, I think it would have I think it would have come across better for me. So if they ever do a third series, Gabriel Bond needs to do one of two things before that. He needs to either A write a very small story about how the rumor cannot Gerard bring, Way or Gabriel Gabriel or Gerard, Gerard Way. Way. Gerard Way. Okay. Needs to write a story explaining why the rumor can't bring back Tentacle Boy. Or yeah. needs so to So I heard like, he I heard wasn't rumor, actually killed. Yeah. 
That's right. one of those two things. If that's her yes. power. Then she managed to create a duplicate of herself, which is in that extra story. I apologize yeah. if I mystery the murder magician. Whatever, that's fine. It, it actually, it, but but yeah, she manages. They they basically explain her power as whatever she says is real. Doesn't matter what she says. She can say fucking anything, and it manifests wow. somehow. I'm sorry, I totally hijacked you. Oh, whatever, dude. I'm just saying, <laughs> like for a third trade, one of those two things should happen, or it's a giant yeah. plot hole. It really is. Either, if she really she needs misses some her motivation brother, to not bring him back, or some inability to bring him back. One or the other. But that's my two cents. Yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think, Joel? Because you've been pretty silent for most of this. What? No, no. I I told you I I really liked it. Apparently not other people. No, I, I, I definitely no, like it a lot. I, I am okay. the dissenter. Of the four of us, I am clearly the dissenter okay, because I know so Andy likes is, it. He's the one that suggested it. This is one of this is one of the stories that I first started back when I got back into comic books after going through the the desert and not having any comic books for a while. And lo and um, behold, a prophet appeared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was attacked upon by a wee me. whacker. And a mighty beard. And he said, lo, let there be entertainment. Exactly. And I, I loved it just because it was a reference. It wasn't every all the comic books. Because I did grow up in the the 80s and the 90s where Return there was overwrought. the birth of the son of the child of the <laughs> revenge of Mr. Sinister they were, Part they were 2. They were a little overwrought. Electric and this was, this was refreshing because it didn't take itself too seriously. And, I mean, even though, even when the the end of the world was coming along you really knew that they they were going to come out for it and so i really i really did enjoy it and i did enjoy the one-liners and i i enjoyed the interaction between all the different families and whatnot uh, the the campy heroes and it's got aborigine aborigine amazonians you know it's got bobo up. yeah fucking right? bobo bobo and a, and a talking and a, really and a lot super of bobo's brains and a, a talking yeah. chimpanzee mm. yeah but, Spoiler! Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, but I, I, and I really enjoyed it for what it was, which is a good action story. It was a good story arc. Had a beginning, started off, explained these characters. You didn't need like one issue just to explain each character and its back issue. Sure, it, you kind of filled it in as you're going along, and you could see the whole dynamic as this, as all the characters were relating with each other. So yes. Um, you you might add an issue with her running away when when Kraken was a little um, mean to her, but you know that's I a little that was, mean to her, yeah. But you know it it, it explained the story very well. The, you know the characters were were great. They each had their own different you know abilities and different personalities too. And of course the the little kid man comes out in the head. I think as an ensemble, I think it was really appealing because. Like I say, like the first thing that popped in my head is the Jackson family. Like these are kids who've been pushed really hard and some of them are kind of thriving under the pressure and some of them are just becoming like fucked up little children. Oh shit, Tito yeah. just had guts explode. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right? Oh shit. I, I And Janet wants to Janet's like, I heard a rumor that my boob flopped out. Speak <laughs> <laughs> I I um Michael's a time traveler. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Does that does that mean Bobo's the Elephant Man's bones? Or I think something? so. Like, yes. no, I think Bobo is bubbles. That's pretty much it. That's true. Yeah. I think the last three issues of the arc were excellent. Um, Latoya because is the quiet one. <laughs> <laughs> because oh because the last three issues of the arc were definitely the they were focusing on 
uh, Vanya's transition into like the the white the white violin and and the you know extermination of the planet and her powers and the things that she was doing to her. and and I get the point that she was the odd woman out and was you know fed up with her family so she just decided fuck it you know what I'm gonna do something awesome I'm gonna join a um, satanic orchestra because that makes sense like you can it, travel through time that's cool I'll play the shit out of the Stradivarius yeah right, right? does it really surprise you that the Zombie the main villain in the story is a fucking violinist when the, the whole thing is written by a musician Ooh. and it's like, called Apocalypse Suite never yeah. it's it, and we're not like Apocalypse comma Suite <laughs> Apocalypses are totally metal. <laughs> no, I just I I really like those last three issues, and I think that they I th- I think that they were tighter than the lead up. Um, I just think that I think that the lead up to it was a little too scattered, um, and not not focused enough. I thought issue um, one was good. Issue but, one uh, issue one is good. Two through. T- Three. 4.5. I thought you were say two through two. <laughs> <laughs> two. Two through roughly 4.5 are kind of just all over the place. And then. It's his first comic. The last half of four through six are really good. That's like a really good. Solid first comic. Yeah. yeah and and, really and I'll is. give him that. It's a, it's a solid. It's like the first thing he ever wrote, and he just decided, you know, f- he somehow managed to get it published, which I wish I could do with my, uh, you know, comic script, just like, hey, fuck it, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I want to read deeper into it, only because the characters are intriguing, don't get me wrong, um, but I was I was disappointed to some degree in the way the first, the opening arc was handled. Yeah. The you short know? stories are good, it gives you a little bit more background information, however, it truly shines with the second volume. Yeah, I was going to ask if the second volume is any good. Yeah. I'd be curious to it's, see it's like what happens now that like the world has gone to hell and not completely ended. Like, oh no, the world ends actually what? at the end of the first book of the second. Okay, well there you go. But they make it better. <laughs> they turned me into a newt. Viet Cong vampires. God yes. Wait, what? Viet Cong vampires. You know, in part, this is, is like Five Fists of Science, just because you can say things that are awesome, like, you know, zombie, what's-his-face, Eiffel, Viet yeah. Cong vampires. Robot, like, zombie, Gustav, Eiffel. God. Yes. That's, that's, that's music to my ears. And As it were. And Viet Cong vampires. <laughs> no, so, since we're not, since we haven't read the second volume, I, I'll move on to the one thing that we haven't discussed yet, which is Gabriel Baugh's art. Sorry. Um, we talk about here that is right a little the beginning? We talked a shit about a, it. A little bit. We talked a little bit about what he, what... me fail english it's that impossible i'm fucking sober and i can't fucking talk what's going on we do not need another drunk cast sir so already on vacation sir so you really i have checked the fuck out i like gabriel boss style i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna i'm not gonna shit on his style because i like his style i've always liked his you know i've liked like um Mike Mignola's type of kind of artwork and and Gabriel Ball reminds me a lot of Mike Mignola so I li- I like his style. Yeah. I think that there are definite points in this book where it's really fucking hard to tell what's going on. His shit is there are points where it's really jumbled and it's kind of hard to, and I, and that I can believe that. There's part of that that's Gabriel Ball's fault in his line work. Um and to get a little art studenty on on the book 
there are times when he doesn't vary his line work enough. So when he draws a large scene, all the lines are kind of the same width and, and thus stuff just kind of melts together. And there's not enough like depth of field to tell what the hell's going on. Exactly. Where. And, and like you were mentioning earlier that Mike Mignola's art has much heavier blacks and heavier lines. Yes, yes. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I like Mignola's art better is because he distinguishes the elements in each scene with that, with by using the negative yeah. space and the blacks in yeah. in his artwork, um, can you possibly work the word "colored" into that sentence too? The, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> God damn it! I just want to see him work, working appropriately into yeah. a sentence. Blackity black black yeah. colored black. Well, blackity good, black black negro black. <laughs> like, there we go. <laughs> so. No, what what I was trying. He writes pretty pictures. Yeah. What I was gonna say was that um, we're all a bunch of asshats. <laughs> we really are, and they and you know well, that's why I give us microphones. <laughs> that's what um, the internet is for. Uh-huh. Four douches, one set of mics. The the thing the thing about it was I'm only sixty percent. I was gonna say that it's partially the fault of the colorist. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm totally derailed now. No, nope, like, I'm thinking like, analytical douche percentages. My mind is filled with graphs now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's partially the fault of the colorist, and this is where I can talk about, you know, how, how the book is colored. And uh Well done, sir. Let's talk about serious things. Well done. <sighs> Thank you. Is that the reason why you don't like it? I, no, it's I, it's one of the reasons that that kind of aggravated me at points. Uh, um, mainly, okay. So I'll give an example of a panel that I can remember right off the top of my head was the panel where Rumor kisses Space Boy, and that particular panel where they're actually kissing took me no less than five minutes to figure out what the fuck was going on in that uh, scene. Well, you've got half man, half gorilla, and yeah. Is this a, really You've happening? got a jumble of un- indistinguishable lines with, you know, surrounded by another jumble of indistinguishable lines. And that was my problem with it. It was just like... I thought it was an odd camera angle choice, honestly. It, it, it was an odd angle choice, and it was just... It just... If, if she's going to fucking kiss the son of a bitch... Have it be a close up. I mean, look at this. It's 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 a far shot, and you can't really tell what's going on. And it's kind of like I you know, have absolutely like, no problems deciphering what exactly is going on in that. Panel. How many times Me have you neither. read this book? How many times have you looked at it? I Five. read it the first time, and I could tell what was going on. And but I, d- I still thought it was weird that they didn't show a close up. See, and I had a problem with it. Like I, the first time I read the book, I, I looked at it, and I'm like, what? Wait, there was something wrong with it for me, and I, it might just be me, where I just looked at the scene, and it took me a minute to be like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Wait, and I had to back up and be like, "Oh, okay, now I understand." But she uses her power there, does she? Yeah, I, I heard a rumor, rumor that, you that you like wanted, to kiss, you wanted yeah. to kiss me. Yeah, oh, it's wow. you know old. what? Nuance, oh, subtlety. Look at something I missed. Look Bing. at that shit. Holy, that crap. makes their love fall. That actually, horrible. that actually makes her into a terrible person. Yeah, she's like, you know what? The world's going to end, and I've never kissed anybody. So you know what? I'm going to kiss my brother. I really wanted to hear Thanks yeah. Boy be like, yeah, well, I heard a rumor you to blow me. <laughs> Thank you, Princess Leia. Yeah. That's disgusting. Oh, uh, what the hell was I saying? Okay, so... Um, uh, oh, dude. I just... I So I posted on Twitter. And this is like 45 minutes ago. I said... I posted to Joey Esposito, who is the editor-in-chief of IGN Comics at... Uh, IGN? 
God. I some of the one of these days I'll learn how to fucking talk. I said we're recording the podcast. Can you say something relevant about Umbrella Academy? And he says, I fucking love Umbrella Academy. How is that? Well, I don't know what to say to him back now. I'm yeah. like, he posted right at the end of our recording, and now I'm like, that's great. <laughs> So, I, I mean, aside from, hey, Joey, listen to the show. Uh, yeah, so so thank you, uh, Joey, for, for posting something to Twitter for us on the show, even though I fucking solicited it outright. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up while we were on the show. So, then, you know what, let's, let's, uh, let's dip into Trade Secrets uh, lore and say, buy, borrow, or burn. Andy? Considering I own all four different copies of this, I'm going to go with buy. <laughs> buy. Buy. Uh, I would go borrow, um, only because I'm cheap. Okay, so for someone who's not cheap. If you know you like the genre, buy. If you're not sure, borrow. So we'll say, uh, we'll say borrow. I, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with borrow on this one because it's definite. I mean, it's clearly not, not, a, not a It's clearly not a burn. It's no, not I, a burn? I okay. don't dislike it. It's not bad, and it's definitely not something that I would say burn because it's it's a good comic and it's an original idea. Yeah. And it's a well executed oh, yeah. version of an original idea. It's a little Hellboyish, you know, kind of in its mythology and the way that it works, but. Mm-hmm. It's something that I would say is not for everyone, which is why I'm putting it in the borrow category. Okay. Borrow it. See if you like it. So it has some redeeming qualities. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. definitely on the positive end. We got two buys and two borrows, and that's yeah. uh, that's good. That's so, a lukewarm um, response. I, I think a lukewarm book, response. Pleasantly uh, warm. Yeah. Not like scalding, but pleasant. <laughs> Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is the challenge of the Super Friends. Uh, so I've been spending my time oh. plotting. So, so I'm wait, sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not a douche or nor intellectual. Right. I'm just the everyman. Right. I like Thank how I'm I am an intellectual a douche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I'm just a douche. I've, I've been hey, plotting things on I'm the net. Notice where, y puts, hey, notice hey, where she puts I'm herself. Me, me, me. One second. Kiss the pen for a second. <laughs> yeah. If I'm, if I'm writing that thing. Oh, oh Jesus God. Christ. Nothing good can happen. That's going on the website. <laughs> yes, please scan it. Uh, and just uh, and just wrote a, a an interesting little uh, Y that's coordinate. Even, that's even worse. So Graph. I'm dumb and not clean. <laughs> Fuck you all. Oh, I'm. No, I'm you're done. Ultra I'm cl- you're ultra clean. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> because then you'd be douche or not clean, intellectual or just uh, you know a mouth stupid breather. <laughs> mouth breather. <laughs> yes. Oh. There you go. Talk to me in the winter Intell- when I've been around the little germ bags for too long. Then I really will be a mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm a mouth breather. So wait a minute. 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 I'm a mouth breather that that wears Ed Hardy? What? How does this this work? Ed Ed Hardy's two two thousand and nine. 
I was at a, a Behemoth concert, hey. and I really happened to like Behemoth. And they had all these shirts up, and I always saw the front of these shirts. And I, there was this one shirt that I liked. You know, it's a, it's a metal shirt. It was kind of shitty looking. It said Behemoth all the way across the front. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll take one of those. And they hand me the shirt wrapped in plastic. That should have been my first warning. I get home, I open the shirt up, and across the back it's like affliction. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you got wah, afflicted. Wah. That's okay. You're white. You can you, you can wear it. Right, so were we talking about comics that one time? At some no, point we were. No. I, I don't Until remember what we were talking a, about. Until but someone yeah. made you wanna really a, distracting graphs. I would say, you want to make a Venn diagram that's somewhat no. similar? I think, I think it could. Dear kinda, God! I think it went yes. off the rails when we started to besmirch the great Yoda. The trade secrets of Venn diagrams, our next episode. <laughs> I, yes. can't, I can't read that from here. <laughs> yeah. It's not... We're posting these graphs on the internet. I'm handing bad, them to Luke right now. Good. No, it's not Vietnamese vampires. Viet Cong. Viet Cong vampires. Aren't Viet Cong Vietnamese? Technically, Korean. yes. Okay. In the no. same Wait, way that Nazis why did I just say Korean? Fuck if I know. Don't. What fucking like, world are you yeah, living in, okay. sir? Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. Wait, I read a Germans lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what, guys? I'm done. Germans aren't Nazis, Viet Congs aren't Vietnamese, and Yoda <laughs> should not be a Super Bowl. You guys oh, have Jesus totally Christ. destroyed... He's like Flubber my, with a lightsaber. My, <laughs> it's and, ridiculous. And, and what is not awesome about that? So, the contest is getting absurd. Uh, we are now up to... What is it going to be? It's one, two, three, four, five, five six, because there's two Runaways trades. Oh, yeah. Seven books. We're up to seven books. Would so you like seven trade paperbacks for free? If all of those books averaged at fourteen ninety nine a pop, you're looking at $105 worth of comics. Would you like $105 worth of comics for free? So actually, they've been all good comics, too. The one, yeah. And actually, I know for a fact that Except the newest one... Boring Girl and Super sh- Truck. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact that the one that we are adding to the the mix this week is more than than fifteen bucks because it's only available in hardcover, which is the tooth. So, the contest is this: email us your name and address. Put uh, trade secrets contest in the subject line of the email. If we get ten responses, we will draw names from a hat, and the person who wins the contest will win trade paperbacks of Desolation Jones, Terry Moore's Echo, the first two trades of Runaways, Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite, Scarlet, wait a minute, that's only available in hardcover. Yeah. And two shows from now, they will. you will also receive The Tooth, which is Colin Bunn's uh, homage to the EC Comics horror stuff. Uh, two of those are hardcovers. We're looking at probably 120 to 130 bucks worth of stuff, depending on where we get it. The deadline for entries on this is uh, Tuesday, August 16th. That's when we will record episode 12. That's a sa- that's not a Tuesday. I just looked it yeah, up. 16th. I just looked it up. Yes, it is Ooh, a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, August 16th is when we record the Scarlet episode. 14 days from the second, sir. Today's the second. 14 days from now will be the 16th. As I go, just one little slight smidge down in the <laughs> intellect column. <laughs> uh, so, okay. 
so yes, deadline for entries is August 16th. That will be the Scarlet episode. The reason the deadline for entries is the 16th is because if you win the contest, we will announce your name on the 16th show and we will mail you all these books, one of which will be Cullen Bunn's The Tooth. And you will be able to read it before we actually review it on the show, which will be episode 13 of the show. Keep something in mind. For all of you listening out there, send an email. That's all it takes. If we get 10 entrants, now I know that we have more than 10 listeners, so if we get 10 entrants, and this includes the people that I know, fuckers, send an email. Uh, We will draw a name. You can send your email to tradesecrets at geekerific.com. If you if you win, you will get roughly $130 worth of trade paperbacks for free. So go ahead and enter. Get us 10 entrants. Seems good. Anybody who emails us is, is welcome to enter. So on the next show, we are going to do Scarlet. Uh, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to, to talk about before we ran into the rest of the end of the show? No one knows how to write comic scripts. Discuss it on the forums. If you know how to write comic scripts, good God, put links on the forums. Please, if you have examples of good comic scripts that we can use for our scripts, let us know. Do you guys want a copy of my script? No, sure. not really. Oh, I, yeah. I want a good comic script, Actually, sir. Good yeah. dick. What it was, Doctor Ice, not Doctor Doctor Frozen, Doctor Freezer, Doctor Freezer. Yeah, Uh, yes. Doctor Freezer makes cuisine. The shit is brilliant. Seriously. Mm. Oh, so humble. To rate us on iTunes, it helps us out, uh, gets us more listeners. Review us on Zune once we're up there. I'm still trying to get us up there, and I'm not entirely sure if we're up there yet. Follow us on Twitter. The main show feed is at after. Wow, I've got the wrong thing in the agenda. At Trade Secrets Pod, I am at Geek Elite. Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Anne is at Anne Bean Tweets. Joel is at Superfly. Soap, soap. Like our Facebook page. Swag. www.facebook.com slash Trade Secrets Podcast. Join the forums on the website. You know, I'm actually considering just dumping the forums and making people post to Facebook because that's about where we're at. Facebook is like forums. Yeah, fuck the forums. We'll just keep the articles up. Yeah, and let people comment on them. So we might dump the forums, but you know what? Join them. And Facebook the crap out of us. Try and save yeah. the forums. You know, you know, whatever. Uh, you can again. You can email us questions, comments, uh, any information you want to email us at tradesecrets at geekerific dot com. This has been the longest, by far, the longest recording of any geekerific podcast that we have done so far. I'm, I'm sorry, it's my fault. I, I let you guys go out of control. And yeah, no, you I'll just didn't keep control you, of I'll this shit, I'll have to shit, rein you dude. in Where, Where's time. your iron fist? Seriously, I know. man. Seriously. You, got, you really get it on the fucking ball. I, I will. Thank Whip you, Ann. No problem. Thank you, Joel. Swag. Thank you, Andy. Eat a bag of dicks, Luke. I am Luke. I don't plan on eating a bag of dicks, and we're out. Also, Anne, Dude. Uh, I would Dude. totally switch your position with mine on the uh, the chart. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah.
You think you think uh, I am more douchey and you're less douchey? I, I think you're more pretentious. I think it was douchiness, not pretentious. Was it douchiness? It was douchiness. Yeah, it was douchiness. Oh, fuck no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it was douche, yeah. douche and intellect. Total, yeah, it, yeah it was, douche, it was and, douche intellect. and intellect. I would argue exactly. that I'm more pretentious, but I think I think you're douchier. Yeah. So I'm I'm sloth of the group. Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah. Yes. Say Rocky Road. Okay. Rocky, Rocky Road. Road. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're like anyway. a fucking living Liefeld character. <laughs> and like, three. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, like. Oh, like minds think. Alike or something. Like minds think. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Because I'm pretty sure I've been, <laughs> I've been like a corpse that's like, you know, expelling air today. Like minds think great or something. I don't know. Thinking with thoughts. 